now that I have a phone, I understand the temptation to want to check it all the time. Like whenever I used to hear about it, whenever I didn't have a phone, I'm like, oh, that's dumb. That never happens. But it does. The first month that I had my phone, I was addicted to just posting on Instagram because I thought it was the coolest thing just to post it and show all my friends. And I just, you can ask them. They were like, dude, your stories, there are too many. Okay. There are too many stories. Like it took you a solid minute to scroll through all my stories. But that part of my life, like having to wait to get a phone is probably one of the most vital parts of my life. When it comes to building a business empire online while intentionally cultivating a thriving life at home with kids, well, there is no roadmap. It's not easy, but the great news is we're not alone. We live in a crazy world that is truly unlike any other time in our history. And if you're like me, you've got an impact of your own to make, but you're not willing to sacrifice your relationship with those that you love in order to get it. My name is Stephanie Dove Blake, and this is the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast where we'll journey together to learn what it means to be a truly powerful parent. Let's go. Okay, guys, I am super excited because I am sitting here with my very own son. He is 17 years old, about to be 18. He will be quick to tell you that he's about to be 18. (laughs) Um, And his name is Jude. And um, he is my third child. No, well, technically one, two, three, if you count from the youngest. But Jude is second from the oldest. And um, man, I just adore Jude. He is truly a leader, so level-headed and so funny. And he's actually really looked up to in most of the circles that he runs in. And I just couldn't be prouder of who he chooses to be every day and how he chooses to show up. And so I'm so glad to have you on, Jude. Thank you. I'm (laughs) glad to be on. (laughs) So we were just talking. uh, Let's tell him what is today? What happened today? So today is the end of my 10th grade uh, semester, and that is super exciting because school is not my favorite thing, but I have summer now, and I can choose what I want to do instead of like waking up and just doing school. Yep. Every day, you get to wake up and choose what you want to do, pretty Mm -hmm. much, right? Yeah. So um, Jude actually had this idea a while back. I don't know how long ago it was, but just, you know, completely unprompted, he came and and what did what did you tell us what you what did you tell us you wanted to do well i i said that well let me explain what i was thinking so i was thinking so i play i play a lot of games a lot of them and i what what kind of games what kind of games i play uh like first person shooters i play mostly first person shooters or mobas like league like league of legends what else? and apex legends uh call of duty Mostly with my dad is Call of Duty. Yeah. But, um, that's about it. Yeah. And then, so the thought process behind it was, I spend so much time playing games that I hardly do anything else. Like, I was thinking about it, and I was like, I literally spend so much time on the computer playing games, or even if I'm not playing games, I'm watching YouTube. Usually it's such an occasional, but it's still not the best habit to be in. Well, and let me add to that, because... Jude, unlike a lot of my other kids, he is an avid learner. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, let me say that in a different way. All my kids are avid, they, they love to learn, but Jude consumes information and, and knowledge and uh, around all these different variety of things. So one minute he might be watching like a woodworking YouTube video. The next minute he might be learning about like 
I mean, anything, you, you never know. And um, so he's, he's always consuming information. And I also want to say this past year for us has kind of been difficult, honestly, like me as an entrepreneur with business and everything my husband has had on his plate. So there's been a lot more game playing than we normally do. Plus Jude is at this age right now where we are really looking for him. He's going to be 18 in November. So for us, we've been training him to be self-governed and to make decisions based off of what he thinks is going to be best for his life and things that we've trained him to do. And so this past year, with the combination of the fact that he's 17 and we're giving him more liberties to choose, you know, are you are you going to spend this time playing games? Or are you going to go do something else? Right. And what are the ramifications of that? And and then also too. You know, with with everything going on, you know, sometimes again, and I, some of you will be able to relate on here, and some of you won't. But like, you blink, and it's like, what? It's been like two hours. What the heck? And so, yeah, there's been a lot of game playing, and we are we do we are a gaming family. I mean, me not as much anymore, but the rest of the family, almost every single person, you know, plays a game of some sort. And uh, we don't think there's anything wrong with games. It's just how much time you spend on them. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm sorry, bud. Go ahead. So, like, the thought process behind it was, I play games so much. And I am on the computer so much that I'm not doing anything else. And I was thinking about it and it was actually like, I was like, there was one week where I just took a break from games and content and I deleted I deleted Instagram and got rid of everything. And I just focused on school. My grades got better. Like Mm -hmm. the grades that I was getting actually got better, Mm -hmm. but sadly I went back to playing games (laughs) because (laughs) games are fun. And that's a fun thing to do. And so I want to make the change to do the thing that's not fun, but is better. Because what I was thinking is I'm on the computer so much that I do that more than read my Bible or praise God or go and hang out with people. I do that the most out of everything. I do it more than studying. I do it more than homework. I do it more than everything. and it got to a point where I'm sitting here. I'm like, man, I really want to do what I'm passionate in. I want to get a job. There's been so many times where I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a job. No, games have distracted me from getting a job. And so that's why I am going to, over the summer, unplug my PC and put it in storage and not touch it. I'm not going to touch it for the whole summer. And We'll see how that goes. We'll, we'll keep you updated. But <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try and focus on working out, staying fit, and getting a job, working it, and really just building skills that are important to have. And probably just hanging out with friends, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, that's about it. I just so, realized that games and content that I was consuming was stopping me from doing something bigger so like like i felt like it was stopping me from following in not just in skills and the things that i enjoy doing like working with my hands but also from like things like walking with god yeah 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 and i am not going to try to like fish for compliments here (laughs) but and i'm really not like as far as like what you've been taught you know growing up over all these years and everything but are there things that you remember? Because I know that's been one of the biggest things, especially as you've gone into this age, you know, 16 to 18, you know, of self-governing and us talking about, you know, you getting to have more freedoms and liberties and making decisions and seeing how they affect you. 
And, you know, part of the conversations that we've had is, you know, you've got a, you've got a call in your life. You, there's, there's something in you. Every single person has, has a gift and a bend. And, and even as adults, we can get so distracted by, you know, social media or even, you know, staying on the computer. For some men, it's actually sports. Mm-hmm. You know, where they spend hours and hours and hours just consuming the games and games and games. And it's almost a numbing mechanism is what a lot of people ultimately start to call it. It's because yeah. I don't want to do the hard thing or I don't want to face the hard thing. So instead, I'll do this other thing. And so, mm-hmm. you know, from, I mean, since you were itty bitty, you know, we do reboots and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, my my heart is, I'm hoping that, you know, those messages really sunk in, you know, of like, yeah be careful, watch what, watch what you're giving yourself to, because that's what you will become ultimately when, and, and some of the best things in your life can be stolen away from you when you are doing things that distract you from important things like purpose mm-hmm. and, and, uh, looking where you want to go, mm-hmm. um, and making a plan to get there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I remember just from last year, I've gotten like a lot more, I don't know. I don't want to say, I, I would say like, independent like mm-hmm. like i've gotten more free reign over what i do and y'all have given that to me and it's it's very nice but it's also like it's also i'm definitely glad i didn't get all the free reign in one, <laughs> one way because i would probably still be playing games for a little while there but i don't know it's just like those little talks and those little things all those that all that effort that was put into me is kind of coming out at an older age so like younger i was like okay mom i get it cool and then now that i'm older i'm thinking about it i'm like yeah maybe i shouldn't spend eight hours on a game in one day (laughs) (laughs) maybe not (laughs) maybe like i i have so many hours in games if i went to my games right now on my computer and i looked at how many hours i have in them i have about like I'm, yeah, I'm like crazy, huh? 999 hours on Apex Legends. Oh my gosh. Like, it's literally like the amount of time that you'd spend at work on like a, yeah, within like a month or two. Yeah. More than that. And what's so crazy about that, dude, is you've only really kind of gotten those liberties over the past year and a half or so. And, and honestly, there's a lot of kids out there that they don't even have those restrictions and they're way mm-hmm. younger than you. Yeah. You know, 12, 13 year olds and just, being able to play, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And, you know, some parents don't know any different. <clears throat> some parents have circumstances where, you know, maybe their kid, that's their babysitter, mm-hmm. you know? So again, if you're listening right now, I hope, I hope you never feel judged when you're listening to this podcast because we all have different life circumstances. And a lot of times we don't know what we don't know until we know it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we're just doing the best we know to do. And so if you are a person who has a 12 year old kid who spends eight hours a day on a screen, you know, just evaluate where you are. Is that, you know, is that something that needs to change? You know, what, what's going on for your kid? And did you realize that was actually happening? Because I talk to some parents and they don't even realize how much time their kids are spending because they've kind of lost control and, and they aren't really paying attention because they're distracted too, mm-hmm. which is a crazy, you know, it happens. Yeah. So one of the things you mentioned earlier that I'd really love to dive in with you, because I think a lot of parents don't actually understand and know what is the allure? Because, you know, me and your dad, we played games like MMORPGs and we walked through so much, but your dad and I played video games for a long time. And so I got to dive into that world a little bit with him. And 
I enjoyed games. I, enjoy, I also enjoyed simulation games and a lot of other different kinds of games. And so whenever we came into this, it was with different eyes. Whereas most parents, I would say, I would say almost all parents, they haven't really experienced, uh, you know, uh, social gaming mm-hmm. where you're actually gaming with a peer group. Uh, and with other people, because that makes a yeah. big difference. Because it's a it's a classic like joke amongst the kids that it's like, why can't you save your game right there? Why yeah. can't you pause and stuff yes. like that? It's because our games aren't like the older games anymore to where you can just pause and save at any time. It's you're playing with someone. And the draw to that is obviously the, the social aspect of it. But also, it's also like you feel like you're playing a valuable part of the team. Yes. So like if you leave, it impacts your team, everybody. Yeah, it impacts everybody there and everybody's disappointed that you left because we could have won that round or that match right. because you left, we didn't. And so and people take games a lot more seriously these days, so especially if it's like a competitive game. Mm-hmm. And so and another drive to it is like the aspect of becoming no we have all these all these uh entertainers on like streaming platforms mm-hmm. like 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 on Twitch and stuff mm-hmm. and these people are like really good at the games that they play and that's super attractive to have that kind of job and be able to do something that fun every day mm-hmm. like that's a lot of the people's drive for playing games they're like if i become this good then i can start streaming and i can become big and and the reality it, is, yeah. is the chances of that are actually really low because there's so many things that go into that and people don't realize that it's like an actual job. Yes. It's not just, Playing oh, I get to game. wake up, play video games. Yes, yes. It's, it's editing. You have to hire an editor if you're that big and then you have to constantly grind on these things. And at some point, you're probably not even going to enjoy the game that you play anymore. And you're going to want to switch games. But the thing is, is your audience is most likely so narrowed down to the game that you play that the chances of being able to switch a game and your audience comes with you mm. is so low. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like, it's it's crazy. Because like if I'm, I've seen Twitch streamers play, like Fortnite was huge for a while. Yeah. And so streamers were playing that. And then the whole thing shifted to a different game. And so Fortnite wasn't in the spotlight anymore. And that other game became big. So that those Fortnite streamers tried to stream that other game. They lost all their Fortnite viewers because wow. the Fortnite viewers don't want to watch this A other game. game. Yeah. 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 They want to sit there and watch Fortnite. So that was just an example, but there are plenty of things like that on like while being a streamer, you have to build your community right in order to even get anywhere with it yeah it's that's why it's so difficult but that's one of the drives to playing games is just becoming so good that you can like it's i guess it's kind of a guy thing i guess that's why more guys play games is because it's more of a oh my gosh i'm i'm so good at this specific thing like like in apex legends like the movement is a big part of it yeah and if you can get really good at movement then you can like flex on people and like be like look what i can do and then do this these really cool things and that's probably the main drive for most people is just getting really good and then showing it off well and also too i have a hypothesis tell me what you think about it is um there's a saying that uh women do relationships eye to eye 
and mm-hmm. men do relationships shoulder to shoulder. And so the idea is like, if two women to get together, we're just going to like go to town. We're going to start talking about our heart. We're gonna, what are you doing? Da, da, da. We don't necessarily need to be doing anything. We just need each other in a room and we're just going to start talking and connecting, right? Mm-hmm. And having relationship. Yeah. Whereas most guys, there kind of needs to be something you're doing together to facilitate conversations starting to happen. Yeah. I mean, not for all guys. We don't want to stereotype people, men or women. Well, for uh, for most, actually, I would say, especially in my generation, like, for some reason, guys have lost kind of the ability to just be able to talk yeah. and yeah. connect without talking about something like, like one specific thing that they hyper-focus on, like sports, like the uh-huh. example you use. Like, I have friends that, will only talk about sports. Anytime mm. another subject comes on, they find some way to talk about sports again because it's the only thing they feel comfortable talking, talking about. about. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's crazy because it's not only between guys, but it's also between uh mixed genders. So like like a guy talking to a girl, yeah. Like the guys in my generation had so much trouble talking to girls. Yeah. And it's so funny because now I was raised in a way where I'm like I don't see it as weird i don't see it as awkward or anything so i'm able to just walk up to a girl and talk to her yeah as a friend and i see so many guys nowadays where they are just they can't speak i think that i honestly think jude i think you are if there's one thing i'm so really proud of you of i mean there's tons of things i'm proud of you for but you really picked up on emotional intelligence and so you know women are different and whenever you're talking to a girl versus a guy there's that part where you can pick up on the emotions and you can, ha- you know, kind of mirror and chat mm-hmm. and, and, and you do that so well. The girls adore you at school. Um, and he has taken ladies. Um, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he has taken. Um, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, but along the lines of men having relation or ha- building relationships shoulder to shoulder, I feel like gaming can kind of facilitate some connection between guys because Mm -hmm. you're playing a game together. And for one, I believe that we're all, we all have a drive inside of us to like do something with our lives. I think Mm -hmm. at the core, whenever we're, whenever we get still and quiet, even someone who doesn't necessarily seem super driven, I think there's something they can be driven about rather than like just being overtaken by a vision, but we're all driven. And I, and I think men too, uh, you know, you're born with something in you. That's like, I'm going to accomplish something. I want to, I want to make a difference. I want to do something. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times whenever men go out into the world and they find this, you know, nine to five job, Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes they don't see that. It's like, where are the battles that need to be fought? Yeah. Right. Because it's harder to find these wars or battles to fight or something to stand for Mm -hmm. when you're locked into a nine to five job and, you know, you come home and it's kind of the, the rat race of, of regular good life. Even if you have mm-hmm. a great life, you could be having a great job and you come home and it's five o'clock and you come home and the kids are there and your wife's exhausted and you're coming in. It's like, okay, yay, this is the battle. I'm going to help my wife now. But then most guys, you know, it's kind of like, ah, you know, dang, mm-hmm. there's not a big battle, you know, not something greater to fight for. So I feel like a lot of men find those and women do it too. Don't get me wrong, guys. But that kind of numbing. Uh, thing. What what am I going to numb out on? Whether it's looking at our phones, whether mm-hmm. it's playing a video game, whether it's watching sports, whether it's drinking, like whatever that thing might be. And so anyway, I, I feel like whenever, you know, uh, I'm not saying that this pertains to you and your friends, mm-hmm. but I am saying that it gives you a way to connect and something to fight for because whenever you get together and, and whenever John and I used to play together a lot, a long times and, and he, he would go on these massive raids mm-hmm. and he was 
he, like John was, is so, so, so good. And so he would be leading this huge group of people to go kill a raid boss. And, and if you're laughing at us, don't you dare. Don't judge us <laughs> nerds, all right? Hey, nerds are cool. Nerds are cool. So I was a healer. He was a tanker. And he would just lead everybody to, to, to take down these massive raid bosses, right? And it was huge. That took real strategy, real camaraderie, real leadership in order to do those things, even though they're inside of a video game, a fake world. Mm-hmm. And so what, what, what I have saw happen, and John and I have talked about this many, many times, and uh, I've done research, and, and essentially what, what happens is that little box inside that longs for a battle to mm-hmm. fight for gets ticked off. Mm-hmm. Like, check. Yeah. Just fought a battle. That was awesome. Whoa. Mm-hmm. But in reality, when you step away from that screen, you actually did nothing of significant value in mm-hmm. your life. Yeah. Except for entertain yourself. But yet that box is checked off. Mm-hmm. So I used to for tell John. For the time John, being. For the time being, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I used to tell John whenever we were really struggling years and years and years ago. I think you were just, I mean, you're probably four or five years old. Whenever we were going through this battle. And I would tell John, you know, I'd say it is sucking away your ambition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's what you're discovering and uncovering right now is like, look, whenever I'm playing these games like this, I get distracted. Mm-hmm. But even greater than that, it's. It's putting blinders on and it's, it sucks away your ambition because it feels like you did something because you consumed all this knowledge mm-hmm. and you did this thing over here. You connected with your friends. Oh, look. Oh, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely like what you said. We, we long for a battle to fight. And a lot of times games are able to fill that art for the moment being. Like it's, it yeah. can nowhere near actually fill that little box. Yeah. But for the time being, it can. It can fill it up, but it's got a little leak in the box. So it's, mm-hmm. so it's kind of dribbling out the side. So it's, it's that, that battle to fight, but it's also the teamwork. Yeah. So that you're working with your friends. Camaraderie, right? Yeah, camaraderie. And it's gotten to a point where it's kind of like, like for me, it kind of replaced like whenever I was younger, I used to play with my brother all the time mm-hmm. in like not video games or anything, but like, like physical play or imaginary yeah, play in games that we made up. We, we had this thing called Saya TV. And, I remember. And we played like like make believe and stuff. And he would make up these big adventures to go and to go and f- go on. And it was so fun. But over time, that was replaced by games mm-hmm. and that adventure and teamwork and just longing for a battle to fight was replaced by games and kind of filled the hole for a Mm -hmm. little while. Mm -hmm. It's just like how, like if you're not Christian, you're going to fill that hole or feel that hole and try to fill it with different things that aren't God. Yeah. And then when you become Christian, you fill it with God and you feel, feel that, that feeling of being whole. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's kind of what it is, is just the camaraderie, the teamwork, the longing for a battle and the longing to be the hero to, to yeah. save the girl. Yeah. And the, and the, and the which tower, all, which games always tap right into, yes, right? Yes. It's like, there's this melodramatic, crazy story and you get to come in and potentially win the whole day. Exactly. Hero. Yeah. And like, like that's why games like like Fortnite got so big. Fortnite had a lot of skill expression, and so back in the day, whenever people weren't crazy at the game, 
if you could build really well, then you were able to pull off some crazy stuff mm-hmm. and you could be like, all your teammates are dead and it's a whole squad against yours and it's just you against them and your teammates are watching. They're like, oh, we, we lost GG's. And then they see you and you run in there and you just get all of them and you <laughs> win the game and everybody's like, oh my gosh, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. And, and they start freaking out. Because, because what an amazing feeling. Yeah, it feels so good. It's like an adrenaline rush. Yeah, it's like why you ride roller coasters and stuff. Yeah. It just gives you that feeling of of amazing. Yeah, and and you know what is so crazy about that is I think that most parents don't understand that all that is on the other side of the screen for their kid because mm-hmm. they don't play the games. Yeah, you know, and so like maybe they played. You know, I don't know, you go back as far as I, I mean, I, my, my brother had an Atari, so I played the Atari as I was getting getting older a little bit. And then the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, then you had the Sega and anyway, like, or maybe you played some Xbox or maybe you played a first person shooter, or maybe you, you were Candy Crusher and -hmm. you played Candy Crush all the time on your (laughs) phone, like whatever it is, it's it's not quite the same. And so, and and I just want to encourage us to think about this for a second, because there's not really many opportunities apart from like maybe a job that you work in to work with a team toward a goal in life. Mm-hmm. I would say. I mean, I think if you're in church and if you're involved in church, then sometimes there's goals that you have with small groups and things like that. But in life as a whole, like if you as a family unit aren't pushing towards goals and things that you're working on, yeah. where else do you find that? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was just thinking. I was like, where else would you find that camaraderie teamwork and then the feeling of like, boom, we just did that. Yeah. Like yeah. that's why I feel like the amuse- amusement park, like what I was saying earlier with the roller coasters gives people that feeling is because the adrenaline and also you ride a new roller coaster. That sounds crazy. You're like, boom, I just faced that fear and did that. Yes. And I just took that dangerous leap. Yeah. And that's, that's what I think a lot of families could use as like a goal set to to accomplish together and to accomplish yes like right now i'm going to like over the summer i'm taking a break from games and my computer in general but i'm also working on singing and working out Mm -hmm. and my goal for the singing aspect is i'm doing a challenge on instagram it's 100 days of of singing and i'm going to practice one song every week and then post a video of me singing just as accountability on saturday Mm -hmm. And so this, it hopefully, after that 100 days, I have improved a lot. Yeah. And that gives the feeling of like, boom, I just did that. And I'm, I, I really don't like to sing in front of people. I just think it's kind of nerve-wracking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hopefully this fixes that. And I'm like, oh, boom, I just, I just fought that fear. I just, yeah, I just crossed him. that bridge. And yeah. I just defeated that boss. Yeah. But that's, that's just... I feel like is what we're kind of missing right now because a lot of people are just stuck in the in the rhythm of go to school, yes. go home, play games, go to school, go yes. home, play games, just over and over and over. Or maybe not school, go to work. Basically the same thing anyway. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> go to work, go home, play games, or go to work, go home, sleep. Yep. Like, well, and um, Russell Brunson actually talks about, I believe it's Outwitting the Devil. I could have this... I could have the book wrong because my brain is a little scrambled this evening, but he talks about, you know, this hypnotic rhythm that, mm. that, you know, there's the driven and the drifters. Yeah. And sometimes the driven get into the drifter mode and, it, and it's like you're, 
stuck in a track and you're just in this hypnotic rhythm doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I don't think that's what we were created to do at all. Mm -hmm. I think there's nothing wrong with having rhythms and systems in life at all. But Uh I think that each one of us is given unique abilities and there's something in us to give to the world. And it doesn't have to look like climbing Mount Kilimanjaro or doing some kind of absolutely crazy thing. But there's things in you. And if we can get quiet enough to to hear whatever it is that's inside of us, then we're going to have clues that Mm. are there. Right. And then we start. And and I feel like that's what mine and your dad's job is with you guys is to help you unpack those clues, like clues that we know about you. You love to work with your hands. Mm -hmm. Right. We know that you have awesome leadership skills that have just Mm -hmm. arisen and and abounded the past couple of years. And, you know, you've also got a funny, your funny sense of humor. You're, you're great. And you also have a very strong grit about you to where you're willing to stand for things that you believe are right and, and stand against things that are wrong. And that's a gift. Not many people can do that. And so there's all these little things that are rising up in you and your brother and your sisters. And it's, I feel like as a parent, it's our job to say, Hey, look, did you notice that? Mm -hmm. Hey, did you see that? And try to create spaces where those things can actually come out. Because if the kid is living a life where they're on the screens constantly, mm-hmm. then, you know, I want to ask you a question. Do you remember the, the city of Jamja? What's Jamja? You'd have to explain. Do you remember? Is it a story or is it a place? Oh, man. It, do you, it was the time where you and your brother and your sister and, and uh, some of the neighborhood kids built that city out in the front yard. Oh, yeah. I remember that. You yeah, do? You do they remember? built the city. Yeah, yeah. Most of it was boxes, but there's oh yeah, it was there's boxes little and tubs. plastic like kitchens and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you do? You remember anything about that? Like what y'all well, did? We had a currency, and we later changed the name to uh, Carnival. Okay. But it was whenever we were really young. It was it was one of the first like actual games, like not a video game, but like actual games that me, my brother, and my sister made up. And so what we did is we got boxes, these giant boxes, or at least they were giant to us because we were so small. But we got these boxes and we got neighborhood kids to come and play with us. And we had this this currency. I don't remember what it was called, though. It was leaves. I don't know what y'all called it. Oh, yeah. We used leaves. Yeah. And we had we had problems with inflation. But because <laughs> <laughs> uh, people would just pick leaves off of a bush or something uh-huh, they, not fair not fair yeah i'd be like you can't do that and so we started <laughs> marking the leaves with like a certain amount of holes or something like that and so we had this currency and people would open shops and they would they would sell stuff and then uh you you'd go and buy it with your currency but you'd have to sell stuff. yeah there was people. like a bike washing station exactly. and, and those kind of things yeah yeah well i don't know if you remember the other part of that story because I've, I've told it to a lot of people but i don't know if you remember but the situation that happened was how that started was it was, you know, back then it was DSs. We hadn't, mm-hmm. we didn't really open the Xbox up for you guys to play at that yeah. time period of your life. And there were DSs that you guys would play every once in a while. And um, I was just actually had gone through a season and I felt overwhelmed by all the the requests for DS play. Mm-hmm. Like it was like first thing in the morning on a Saturday morning and we were homeschooling at that time. Yeah. So it wasn't like we were getting up and going to school. You, it was just, we were waking up. We're having some breakfast. Can I get on the DS? Yeah, I want to get on the DS. If he gets on the DS, do I get to get on the DS? Like, DS, DS, DS. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I get asked one more time. <laughs> and so what happened on that Saturday morning was you guys came in like normal and were asking oh, for the DSs. yeah, I remember. And I was like, nope, mm-hmm. nope, nope. And I just kept saying no, kept saying no. 
And um, eventually you guys got real quiet. And then mm-hmm. I was like, crap, what's going on? Because yeah. they're all quiet. And <laughs> what happened was you guys went out in the front, front yard, which, you know, y'all were old enough to where that wasn't too big of a deal. And we lived in a very, very, very calm neighborhood. Anyway, y'all went out there and um, I peeked out the window and I was like, oh, that's cute. They're playing with some boxes. And then I went on doing something else and I'd check back. Been an hour later and we're talking Texas heat. Mm-hmm. It was hot outside. It was. Yeah. It was very hot outside. And I'd check again and there was an, a neighborhood kid and y'all had some more boxes and a, and a, and a uh, Tupperware. Not a Tupperware. What am I trying to say? A, a tub. Yeah. Like tub. plastic tubs. And, and it would just, I mean, I, y'all were out there for at least four and a half, maybe five hours. Mm-hmm. And I finally came out, you know, I was bringing y'all some tea and some water and stuff like that throughout the day. But finally I went out there. I was like, you guys doing all right. I mean, y'all's faces were red and all this. And. <laughs> And the neighborhood kids went home. It was the, you know, time to come in. And um, y'all came in and y'all were lit up. Like you just had the day, best day of your life. And so it's cool that you can still remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you know, y'all just, y'all loved it. You talked about it all the way until bedtime. And really pretty much for the next couple of weeks. And y'all went out and y'all play again and mm-hmm. play again. Kind of became a thing. Um, but y'all had called it the city of Jamja. And so it was all of y'all's first initials of each person who was playing spelled out like it. Mm-hmm. and so that was what was called the city of jamja and um anyway it was so crazy because at that moment this is probably one of the little seeds that i planted mm-hmm. or we worked to try to plant throughout y'all's lives was you know after they went out you guys went out and played and had such a great time i think it was dinner time and y'all were just talking our ear off i mean i'm talking 20 30 minutes just nothing about but the city of jamja <laughs> and i sat there and we got really quiet for a minute and i just said hey guys Quick question for you. Do you think the city of Jamjo would have ever existed if we had said, if I had said yes to DS's this morning? Mm-hmm. And I think that was the first time after, you know, lots of different conversations where I saw y'all's eyes light up with understanding mm-hmm. of it's not necessarily what is happening because you're playing games. It's what's not happening. Exactly. Exactly. Because especially now, now that I think about it, like whenever I was playing games, it's like, I don't really want to be playing games. Yeah. I want to be outside working with my hands, doing stuff. Yeah. But the games are so distracting and become so addicting. Yeah. That it's, it just consumes most of what you do. Like whenever we were asking as kids, can we play the DS? Can we play the DS? Over and over. That's because it becomes addicting and it replaces the imagination that a kid should have. Yeah. Like, you should be able to go outside as like a like a ten year old kid and pick up a stick and think it's a sword. Yes, it's 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 like so natural and it should be. But nowadays, there's all these like five year olds walking around with phones, and I only got I only got my phone until like last year. When I turned yeah, 17. that's probably a whole other podcast. Yeah, or we, I mean, we could even talk about it now, but. Jude literally, we did not give him a phone until he was 17 years old. So yeah. on his birthday, when he turned 17, he got a cell phone for the first time. I mean, don't get me wrong. It felt it felt pretty weird whenever all my friends... Cause, so everyone in my grade is younger than me. And so I'm by like a year. I'm like the oldest in my grade. And so not having a phone and all of them having a phone, like literally every person in my grade had a phone. It sucked. I was like, no, I need yep. a phone. I need a phone. And especially because I would say I'm more social out of all of the kids in my family. 
And I, I, I'm the first one to actually do sports. So like uh, football, I did football uh, as soon as I joined CCA and I found myself having to wait to get picked up from practices, stuff like that. I'm like, we're missing out. There was a couple of times where they were going to eat somewhere, but you didn't know because you weren't in the text chat. Uh huh. And then I didn't know, or I knew they were going to eat somewhere, but I couldn't text my mom and dad because I didn't have a phone. So I missed out and that sucked. But now that I have a phone, I understand the temptation to want to check it all the time. Like whenever I used to hear about it, whenever I didn't have a phone, I'm like, oh, that's dumb. That never happens. But it does. The first month that I had my phone, I was addicted to just posting on Instagram because I thought it was the coolest thing just to post it and show all my friends. And I just can't, you can ask them. They were like, dude, your stories, there are too many. Okay. There are too many stories. Like take you a solid minute to scroll through all my stories. But that part of my life, like having to wait to get a phone is probably one of the most vital parts of my life because I've realized the temptation that devices have mm-hmm. and how much they hold you back from what you should be doing and what God has planned for you. Yeah. Hey, powerful parents, Stephanie here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Did you know that statistics show that 88% of Americans say they eat dinner with their family every night or a few times a week? I think that's a pretty awesome stat. But if you're anything like me and you're an entrepreneur, then after a day filled of putting out fires and maybe various events testing your patience, sometimes it's hard to think of questions that can help you really connect with your kids beyond the standard, how was your day? When my kids were just littles, I put together a list of questions to solve this problem and to help us have something to connect with over dinner time. And now I would love to share my curated dinner questions with you. This is good for littles and for bigs. There's lots of different varying questions in there. And these questions are going to help to ensure that the conversation is not just lively, but will bring you closer to your children while you enjoy a delicious meal together. As a listener of this podcast, you can get access to these questions at www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Once you're there, make sure to type in your best email and I'll have my team shoot over the questions for you. Once you get the questions, I encourage you to make this a family affair. Print them out. Have your kids help you cut them out. We even grabbed a mason jar and my kids decorated it. And that's where we put all of our questions. And that same mason jar still sits on or near our dinner table to this day. We've been using these questions for close to eight years now. And I've really enjoyed the fun conversation and connection that's come from them. I hope your family enjoys them as much as mine have. Again, that's www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Now back to the show. One thing that I think is awesome that I think came out of it with you is that you had to be the odd man out. Mm -hmm. And that was okay. It wasn't yeah. fun a lot of times, but you did it mm-hmm. and you had to learn how to handle that, yeah. not having what everybody else had. Yeah. And that wasn't one of our main goals. It was just kind of a result of like, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> uh, you know, you, Jude goes to a Christian private school three days a week and is, is at home doing homeschool Tuesdays and Thursdays. And, you know, all these, every single one of the kids has a phone. And honestly, nowadays at the elementary school, the journey was at prior to going to this school. Every kid had a phone in her grade, and she was in third grade. Mm-hmm. Like every kid had a phone, and and yeah. I, and, and I, I I you know crazy. I I feel a little bad, but like we don't have any plans to change. Kind of for us and our mm-hmm. family, what works for us. Now, if you're again, if you're listening to this, please do not feel any judgment. If you've got a third grader and they have a phone, I'm sure you had a good reason or or whatever. But for our family, we've chosen 
just to hold off as long as we possibly can. I feel like there's enough screens in our lives that we don't want our kids dealing with the screens through their tween and, and teen years, dealing with social media in their face, the back and forth, the, the, the potential addiction, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm wondering, with everything that you now have access to, would you have changed it, essentially? Changed, like, when I got it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for, like, a normal phone, I don't think I would. I would keep it the same age, maybe longer, if I'm being honest. Like, uh, not having a phone was really nice. Because if you think about it, the older you get, the more your imagination kind of goes away. Like, that kid-like mm-hmm. imagination. You do not want to stop that early. No, that yeah. is such an amazing thing and magical thing that giving you a device or a phone, like for me, it was a PC, it was a computer. I got a computer whenever I was younger, and that made me, it consumed me. And I believe that playing games and being on a device for long periods of time and like just being on a device takes away your imagination mm-hmm. because it's so. Your brain moves from, oh, let's imagine some entertainment. Instead, now that you have this device, let's just constantly consume the entertainment that's already exists. Yeah. So your brain's not working to find something to do or or imagine something up. Yeah. And that's why I think writing is really the only thing that I that has kept my imagination alive mm. because I love writing. But even then, games have stopped me. I've had so many like little book ideas. Like, yeah. I had a kid's book or kind of a kid's book idea for uh, like a river being alive. And yeah, I love, love, I, love that idea. I loved that. Such a great and it, idea. You get to see civilization build up around it. And then towards the end, civilization falling because of the mistakes that people make. Yeah. And, and the, you get to see river the river gets more and more polluted. And you see it from the river's perspective. The river is explaining things to yeah. the people around it or to the reader that's happening with the people around it. Yeah, I love it. But I haven't, I mean, I've worked on it, but I haven't actually finished writing it. I think I'd be done by now if it weren't for games. I, I yeah. Because the games are just so consuming that it takes away the time that I put aside for writing. Yeah. And, and one of the biggest things I think that I hope anybody who's listening understands is that John and I have talked very extensively and strategically about when did we want to give the phone. And like, we could have waited till Jude was 18 years old before we did that. But technically, Jude could move out when he's 18, mm-hmm. right? So we don't want Jude to be exposed to all this stuff. Like, we did give him a computer whenever he was younger. And that was strategic. And uh, But it goes along with training. It goes along with monitoring software. It goes mm-hmm. along with check-ins. Now, I'm not saying we've been perfect at all mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. But there's been a lot of intentionality around what we've done. And so Jude having that computer at a young age was intentional because we didn't want you to be 18 years old. You leave the house and then you have a computer and then you just fall off the wagon. Then we, we mm-hmm. want you to fall off the wagon while you're in our house so we can support you exactly. and help you experience that. And that's just how we, we felt like was best for our family. Yeah. And especially because like whenever you're a kid, like whenever I was a kid, I saw when I filed when my brother got things. Yes, you I'd did. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> I'm 17 now. Give me a phone. Or yes. can I buy a phone myself? Yeah. Brother got, got a phone at 17. 
And so, oh, brother got a, uh, got a PC at 14. It's so funny because you're, you're the one out of all four that really does that. Like yeah. you have this record in your brain of like all these things. And I'm like, how do you even remember that? <laughs> mm. And that's the thing that I thought of whenever I was little is like, oh, just I got this whenever he was this old. But the thing I've come to realize is it's not, it's not the age that matters. It's the maturity that matters. Mm. So if you, you don't want to have an immature child and increase that immaturity by giving them a device. 100%. Because yeah, wise. Like whenever I was younger, I was, I'm, I was Im- immature. I was, I was prideful. I took a lot of things for granted that I don't now. And I just, I was very immature. And I feel like whenever I turned around like a year or a year and a half or half of a year into being 16, I was like, wow, there's all these things that I've been taking for granted. I'm kind of prideful and I need to fix this. Mm. And so I went through this big change where I tried to be less prideful and i have learned so much from that point and now mm. like i feel like the most development in life and learning in life is between the ages of like 15 and i would say 18 because well we'll see right yeah we'll see <laughs> but but all the emotions for one yeah it kind of blur things a bit but the thing is is those emotions also cause mistakes which those mistakes are what you learn from yes they yeah. what they're what you learn from and they're the big things that have made me into who i am like mm-hmm. the small mistakes that i've made along the way i've learned from them and it just it makes me a better person the more mistakes i make it's so true failure is a good thing mm-hmm. as long as you can learn from it yeah if you if you just fail and then you don't try and learn from it again then like if you have a victim mentality yeah yeah, the victim mentality, I feel like our generation really suffers from that, is, oh, they're doing this to me, but I'm sure they're not, like, one thing that is kind of happening in my school right now is, it's the end of the school year, everybody's kind of getting tired of each other, but <laughs> the thing is, is that's no excuse to be mean, yeah. and so some people in my grade were, were like, okay, Y'all are being really mean to me. I'm going to take a break from this group. And so that person stepped away and told everybody that. that I, now, granted, they didn't really say why or what they did wrong. Like examples. Yeah, like examples. But it was still a smart thing to do. If you are in like a, like a, like people are being mean to you and yeah, on a daily. Yeah, it's not you healthy. It's not a healthy relationship. Toxic. Yeah, exactly. And so. They stepped away, but that group bit back and like just came oh, at that no. person. And so that's that's a thing is like they're like, oh, you're doing this to to hurt me, to do this. Mm-hmm. And then it, they're really not. Like that person stepped away, and then another person in that group had it had nothing, nothing to do with that. Mm. They were like, Okay, I'm taking a break from social media for right now. I'm kind of done for right now. I'll still hang out with friends and everything. She, they even said that they'll still hang out and text mm. with the friends in the group. But one friend from that group was took that super offensively because they had that victim mindset. Like mm. everything is meant to harm them 
and come at them. So they come at that person that had nothing to do with the other person leaving. So that person is now offended and this person is now offended. And it just makes this huge jumble of drama and offense that just doesn't, it was needless. Like it could have all been avoided if we just didn't always think that, oh, life's out to get me. Oh, this person's out to get me. Everything is out to get me. Mm -hmm. No, it's really not the case. Most people just, especially in my generation, most people just don't have the social, like, wisdom like they don't they don't socialize enough to know what is offensive to some people and what isn't so they might not even be meaning to offend you and you just take it that way because you think they are and it's just all these people come from different backgrounds and they find different things offensive Mm -hmm. so something that one person finds offensive might not be what another person finds offensive and that's where the like actually talking about it comes in because if you let someone say insult you every day of your life and you're just fine with it for that time being later down the road if you ever hate that and you randomly just be like like you just separate from them because of that they have no clue why you just separated from them yep and you just left them in the dust without a clue of why you left because you didn't treat that that toxicity from the start and you didn't communicate yeah and that's that. That is the most important thing is those healthy confrontations, right? Mm-hmm. I, I love the phrase. I, I have no idea who to attribute it to, but life happens for you, mm-hmm. not to you. Yeah. And so it's 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 that attitude and that mindset of like life is happening for me, right? And that just kind of goes uh, juxtaposition to the the victim mentality, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's something that this this generation needs, and I think that that's another thing too that. When kids are left to consume, 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 mm-hmm. especially on YouTube, if you aren't, ha- if you don't have a strong family culture established, then what's going to happen is, is if you don't set the culture in your home, YouTube will, yeah, or your gaming community will, for sure, or or your sports, whatever will. And hey, guys, we're not against sports. <laughs> My son plays oh, yeah, sports. I love sports. We're not really a sporty family. We're more of the nerd family, but whatever. Um, but you know. It, if we, if you aren't paying attention and being intentional about the culture that's being set in your home, and that doesn't mean micromanaging. It doesn't mean, you know, having a finger and a pulse on every single thing your kids are doing and watching, mm-hmm. um, especially at different ages. I mean, it's very different when they're little. When my kids were little, you know, there were little to no screens whenever they were itsy bitsy. And, and that was intentional for that season. And that's what worked for our family during that season. But the point is, is that it doesn't take a micromanager in order to establish culture. Mm-hmm. It just takes some intentionality and mm-hmm. that's, you know, extremely powerful, even a smallest bit of, of intentionality because uh, all of us as kids, you know, whenever we're kids, we're impressionable, we're also resilient as all get out. So there were seasons whenever um, I was homeschooling and building a business and also running another business, trying to sell Lula Row on top of everything. And your dad was traveling and doing things and I'm doing all the cooking. I'm doing all the laundry. I'm like, I am like juggling so many things. And there were, uh, you know, seasons where I was not doing what I wanted to do with you guys, mm-hmm. you know, where maybe there's too much DS usage or y'all watched movies like crazy or, or whatever it might have been. But the thing is, is that I believe that God made kids and, and, and your hearts in, a, in such a way of, of like you're, you're learning, you're absorbing, you're a sponge. And that goes for the positive as well as the negative. So mm-hmm. just as much as kids are consuming what, you know, the bad stuff. 
they want to hear from their parents. Unless mm. you've got a relationship that's really broken, usually kids are like, I want to know what my mom thinks. I want to know what my dad thinks. Mm-hmm. Now, whether they're going to listen or not, it's totally up to them. But mm-hmm. usually that's there. And so looking intentionally about how do you set culture in your family? What does your family stand for? And again, I want to tell you, I have not been perfect in this, but I'm so dang proud of you guys. It's so proud of, of the choices that you're making. We're not done yet. Journey's 10. <laughs> Jocelyn's, you know, just turned 15. You've got years here with us, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully don't leave us in here. Next year, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, we, and Josiah's here and, you know, we, we but I'm, I'm so proud. And, and I, th- I think that's just because of God's grace and how he has families to work together. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the most important part, again, which is what powerful parenting and dream hackers and all of it, it's all about, which is the connection mm-hmm. and seeing your kid and fighting for their heart and to having that connection, right? Yeah. Are you able to speak at all to maybe the parent who's listening right now? What are maybe some things that you want them to know along the lines of, you know, how, how to treat their kid if their kid is on the screens a whole bunch do you have any advice or wisdom for them well one of the things i would say is like with our with our town that we made the only reason that was existed that existed is because you said no to ds's mm-hmm. so the main thing that i would say is don't be afraid to say no like they may be mad at you in the moment but they will thank you in the long run like a hundred percent they will 10 times over be so happy that you did that because they will have memories that they will not have playing games sure they may have that cool moment where they pulled off that sick thing that they did and they all their friends are screaming at them like wow you, that was so good they are not going to have that in 20 years mm-hmm. i will will remember well so that town thing we changed the name to carnival okay and that's what i remember it by Carnival, I will remember that for years and years. I will try to do that with my children. Yeah. Because of that one time you said no. Yeah. So it's it's this domino effect that can be caused just by a few words. And I would just say, don't fall into the trap of just letting your kids do it because it's the easiest thing. Mm-hmm. Parenting is for sure a hard thing. And it can be uh, very easy and way less fatiguing than telling your kids no over and over to just let them have a stream. Like those five, six-year-olds with phones or iPads, like their parents aren't purposely doing that. And again, no judgment to any parents who do that, but they're and most of the time, it's just because it's an easy option. Well, and here's, here's another theory I have is we know how muscles work, right? You got to break them down to build them up. Mm-hmm. And muscles are something that you have to have if you want to be strong. I believe there's parenting muscles, right? Oh, yeah. And so devices in our lives are a blessing a lot of times, mm-hmm. right? They give us access to help teach our children through apps and different things like that. So there's positives. And so those devices come into our lives and then there's the negatives as well. And so, but whenever you have had a really long day and you're sitting there and your Mm -hmm. kid is whining and screaming and crying and you're just trying to get dinner on the table and you're about to have a nervous breakdown, you can grab the phone and hand it to your kid and they can watch a video at that moment. If it's true breakdown status, right? But there's also moments where it's not true breakdown status. Mm -hmm. It's push through status. Yeah. 
It's where, all right, this is where I mommy up or I daddy up. And this is where I lean in and I'm going to find the grit in me. And I'm going to, I'm going to work through this mm-hmm. because I feel like as parents, we have been handicapped a little bit by the ability to just shove a laptop or an iPad or a phone in our kid's face. And what are they going to do? They are going to shut up. Mm-hmm. They're going to shut up and they're going to be pacified and will probably stay pacified for hours. Mm-hmm. So what, what is happening here? It's just like what I said earlier. It's not about what's actually happening. It's about what didn't happen. And exactly. that goes for the parents too. You did not have to stretch your parenting muscles. Now, I'm not advocating that every single time, you know, you think about handing the phone to your kid, you can't do it. You got to use your parenting muscles. But I'm just saying, make it be an exception to the rule whenever you do pass that over just to get that break, right? Mm -hmm. And to build those parenting muscles so that your kid has those opportunities and you have the opportunity as a parent to grow those muscles and and find that grit within yourself so that you can walk through a a grocery store without having to have your kid in the, the, not the stroller, or maybe it's the stroller, maybe it's the cart and they've got a device. And even, even today we went and we celebrated, Jude was celebrating with some of his friends from school. And so me and the girls and John were uh, took the girls where they wanted to eat and Joss wanted to go to Chipotle and we were at Chipotle and there was this mom and she looked, she looked so tired. And so I'm imagining maybe today was a day she didn't need to work on her parenting muscles, mm-hmm. but her daughter, she was kind of zoned out and her daughter was sitting there, you know, eating some cilantro lime rice mm-hmm. and she had her phone propped upright and had this show that she was watching. And at one point the phone got bumped and it fell down and the kid was instant screaming. Like instant, like, why'd you do that? And then her mom went to grab like something off of her plate. She goes, I wanted that. And I was like, oh, oh. like my heart broke for the mom mm-hmm. and my heart broke for the kid too. And, and again, I don't know how, like we have to walk this line where we can talk about this stuff and you can take what is good for you. So please don't walk away from listening to this feeling judgment. But if you feel inside of yourself, like, hey, I can do better at working on my parenting muscles. Mm-hmm. Hey, I think we need a lower screen time. Hey, I think we need to do this, right? Like take that and, and take what is for you and don't, don't walk away with judgment mm-hmm. um, unless it leads you to something that's good. You know, I think that was something that kind of comes from the, the Christian faith that I learned that changed my life, which was the difference between conviction and condemnation. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I know it's going to feel weird if you're, if you're not a person of faith and you're listening to this, but you know, conviction is where you feel like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, mm-hmm. right? It's that little pool, that yeah. little black hole that you feel uh-huh. in your in your chest and in your stomach. Yeah. And you're like, this isn't good. I, I don't need this. And so at the moment that you feel conviction, you can turn away from whatever it is you feel like you shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And whereas condemnation is meant to be like a judgment, a sentence, like this is who you are, condemnation. Mm-hmm. And so it's like judgment, right? Yeah. And so whenever I learned the difference between conviction and condemnation, it changed my walk with God. Because I walked around for the most of my life because of, you know, lots of different circumstances where I was just condemned. Like I had a bad thought, condemned. I messed up over there and I did that, condemned, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But in reality, a lot of times there were things that I would just have a thought. It was just, and and I'd feel the conviction, right? It was just Mm -hmm. conviction. And and so anyway, it's a little bunny trail. But, you know, if you're listening right now, you know, make sure the goal here is not condemnation, not to make you feel bad. It's to inspire and to have a conversation and to give you ideas for wherever you are in your parenting journey and with your relationship with your kids, because that's what this is about. It's about your relationship with your kids. This isn't really about screens. This isn't really about devices. It's about what are you doing to connect with your kid 
And, 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 and that's the other thing too, that devices steal. I think that's one of the saddest moments that I feel as a mother is whenever I'm done working for the day, right. And mm-hmm. I come out from doing all my stuff or whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, if we, we had it set Monday, Wednesday, Friday for a period that it would be gameplay from four to six, mm-hmm. right. Whenever y'all, y'all come home from school, have a break, then you'd get to play for two hours. Um, but there were periods this last year where there was no cutoff at six, like, it, yeah. like we intended to be. Mm-hmm. And so I would get off and it's like, everybody's playing a game. You know, maybe you're super enthralled in your thing. You're having a blast. Yeah. Rah, rah. Jocelyn's over there. She's got art. You know, she's drawing while she's looking at a YouTube video, drawing the art journeys, playing whatever. And John, even John's in there playing something. I walk out and I'm like, Oh yeah. Everyone's just sitting there playing games. Everybody's in there. Everybody's separate. Mm-hmm. Right. And so all of those nights that that was the case, it wasn't what was happening. It was what was not happening. Mm-hmm. And that's where my mama heart kind of grieves. Yeah. You know, how many Uno games did we not play? How many mm-hmm. jokes did we not have? What moments did we miss? You know, and so we don't want to live life in regret. I think it's important that we learn whenever we feel badly about something, it's just a trigger. Like when you feel negative emotions, it's just a trigger to show you to take action. Mm-hmm. It's not to stay in those negative emotions. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I think that it's really important that as you know, we're having conversations and as people are listening, that we know that, you know, it's about the connection, right? Mm-hmm. We can put all the screen monitoring stuff we want on computers. We can do we everything. Most likely our kids are so smart, they're gonna find a way around it. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it, but they're gonna find a way around monitoring software if they really wanted to. But what maintains and what helps the most is your connection to your child and your relationship with your child and you pouring into your child. And helping them find that thing inside of them that gives their own conviction about what they want for their own life. And so that's what's just thrilled my soul is seeing you come up with this idea and implement. And that's what mm-hmm. prompted us to have this conversation because this you literally finished. You graduated today. You took your final. Mm-hmm. Everything is done. You and are officially graduating. And that was my your plan. My plan was to start as soon as school ends. Yeah. Unplug the PC. because So I use the PC for homework. So... It's hard during the school year yeah. to just not get on the, the computer because I need it for homework. And mm-hmm. in the mornings, I would have a good chunk of homework. So I want to get it done as early as possible. And then whenever I'm done with it, I'm like, oh, that was exhausting. I'd re- like to just chill out for a little while. And that's when mm-hmm. you fall into, oh, I guess I'll just play a game. Mm-hmm. And then you start playing for hours. Yep. And yep. that's the thing. It's like school's done. So there's no excuse not to do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why today I haven't touched the computer. I My plan is to get physical activity in every day. And that's what I did. I played pickleball with friends at school. I played, uh, or I played basketball. And then I came home and I moved, uh, I moved logs into our <laughs> pond to, to start a burn pile. And, um, And it's just little things like that, like setting small goals to create the bigger picture. Yeah. It's like the little strokes that become the painting. Yes, the masterpiece. Exactly. Yeah. And not having games is so good because those strokes aren't held back Mm -hmm. because it's like what you said, it's what could have been. One of my favorite songs from one of my favorite shows, Arcane. It's about that. It's what could have been. And it's, it's explaining like, like, cause in the story, it's this character gets taken away from this other character 
and the song starts playing and it's like slow and sad but it's also it's it's wise because it's what could have been mm. and that's one of the things that i have found that i think about all the time is what could happen because well that, that's kind of another podcast but yeah the way i think is very i don't i don't want to say different but it's the way i think about things is weird because i like to think about all the different things that could happen and all the scenarios yeah Mm -hmm. and that's you know red dawn at the age of (laughs) we have to tell that story sometime we're kind of getting a little bit long i could talk to you literally forever about anything but the we'll have to save that for maybe part two interview Mm -hmm. with you and we'll talk about the time we we scarred him for life letting him watch (laughs) red dawn and and the ramifications <laughs> of what happened from that movie. Um, but yeah, no, it is definitely what could have been, right? Exactly. And so, okay, in, in an effort to kind of wrap it up, because I have literally, I, I was going to set a timer in, in us chatting so I could know how long we'd been chatting, but I've lost all track of time. And you know, when you're in a good conversation, you can't tell. And so you think it's an hour? Oh my gosh. Yeah, um, we so, started at 8.30. Okay, so we definitely have to wrap it up. So I kind of interrupted you though. You You had a very good point, you know, that you've already left the wisdom there of, you know, don't be afraid to say no mm-hmm. to your kid because they're, they're going to be so thankful that you did. Anything else? Just let them, as they get older, I think what y'all did really well was as I got older, I got more free reign over mm-hmm. what I do. And like one of the things that really bothered me when I was a kid is, but it got my homework done faster, but y'all were constantly pushing me on my homework. I'm like, ah, constant pressure on doing this homework yes. but I'm also a masterful procrastinator yes. so so <laughs> it's so frustrating and then but now over time I've gotten the freedom to because now I'm in high school and so I've gotten the freedom to kind of just do my homework on my own and have that free reign over when I finish as long as I don't finish at 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh but yeah that just kind of giving your kids more free reign when they get older because i know one of the most annoying things that can happen is having just constant constraint it feels like you're in a box Mm -hmm. it feels like you can't move on with your life like Mm -hmm. you're stuck in one place Mm -hmm. because of if there's a lot of rules set so one thing that i'm the probably the thing that i'm trying to say is just give your kids reign and the arguments like okay one big thing I could, I could, we could do a whole podcast on this, but <laughs> one big thing is arguments aren't a bad thing if they're taking, if they're, if they're handled maturely. And the only way to learn how to handle an argument maturely is if that kid does it themselves. So, like, how I've learned is like, obviously, y'all intervene a lot of the time whenever we're arguing at home like with my siblings, because we argue sometimes, but there's also times where you don't. And that is a tension and striking of the metal and the forming of the sword. Mm-hmm. And it's making us stronger and learning how to handle things. Like school, again, is a good example. Is like one of the things was an argument among students. And they, I was having an argument among students too. And no parents intervened. And we oh, just talked it out. And it was like, oh, 
wow, we kind of ended that really well. And we're still friends. And that's one major thing that I think people have just lost because kids haven't been given the reign to make mistakes and learn and learn Mm -hmm. because like if you're in an argument and you don't know how to end that argument maturely and still keep the relationship you have going then then you're gonna lose a lot of relationships because relationships no matter which ones you're in they're always eventually gonna have arguing Mm -hmm. or some kind of tension that builds and it's it's just like what the bible says iron sharpens iron those 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 strikes become make us stronger and just built for battle yeah it builds character right Mm -hmm. it builds character and just because we disagree with someone doesn't mean we can't be friends exactly and you know i as as a people of faith you know we believe that god's called us to love people Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to love people even if you disagree with them it doesn't mean you have to sit in a toxic relationship exactly but you can have a conversation and still walk away and be civil Whereas I think nowadays in, in, in the world that we live in, uh, people are so quick to throw people away. Exactly. And just to separate. I don't agree with you on that. You're, you're this, you're that. I, I don't ever want to so see you again. So we can't be friends. Yeah, we yeah. can't be friends. You don't matter enough to fight for me to fight for you. And I feel like that's kind of a collective feeling of our society. It's like we don't do community like I feel like community was meant to do. And, and this is mm-hmm. one thing that I've had a revelation of as, as, a, as a mother just how how we function as a family and we've been talking about that recently like i feel like we i feel like we would have been better off if we were more involved in in more school stuff and community aspect of it but your father and i we we stay so busy with Mm -hmm. either the business or or just our personality types and yeah also we're we're kind of like our at least like most of us are like a little bit less social Mm -hmm. in that aspect of like Oh, let's go do something at the school, or like, oh, let's go. Also, also, I think our family—we've got so much personality in each one of us that we kind of got a lot, a lot going on here. Yeah. So we're yeah. pretty entertaining in and of ourselves with each other as well, yeah. too. Um, but either way, I feel like we we should have done, and, and we will. We'll change this, and we'll, you know, we're always growing, we're always learning, right? As human beings, and there is no parenting rule book or playbook, and even if there was. It could never be right because every kid is different, right? Every family is different. And so Mm -hmm. that's why there isn't one because just what works for one family doesn't work for another family. Yeah. So anyway, we're always growing. We're always learning. So we'll add in more, more, we'll show up for these events that normally would be like, ah, it's a 30 minute drive. We don't Mm -hmm. even do that. You know, we're fine. And and we would all genuinely be fine. But ultimately, you know, just making more opportunities to be around people and Mm -hmm. just. And socially interact. And go deep, not just shallow. Because you. You really don't get into arguments unless you go deep. Exactly. If, if you're in a, it's like um, the circles, the mm-hmm. orbits. So you got your inner circle, your outer circle, and your, your middle circle. And it's the people in the middle to inner, are, you're probably going to have arguments with them. Whereas the people on the outer, they're not going to influence you as much. And you're probably not going to have as many arguments with them. It's more of a light relationship. You're not going deep, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're on your outer orbit. So so your gravity and their gravity doesn't affect you and you don't really affect them as much as normal. Yeah. But I would say there is an exception to that whole model. I don't know. I remember you telling us about it at one point. I think it was who, who made that? Um, there actually, I, I can't remember exactly where it came from, but 
it arose whenever we had a dear, dear, dear family friend who was battling cancer and mm. their family was battling cancer. And when that situation comes up, you know, there's people who can be in this circle and then there's mm-hmm. people who will be in this circle and there's people who are going to be in that circle. And it was, it was about dealing with crisis and death mm-hmm. and what you allow, who you allow to speak in your life and, mm-hmm. and be in your life yeah. in the different areas. And you can still love everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, those it's, people it's not, don't, yeah. It's not saying you can't be friends with this person or you can't treat this person well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just, you don't allow certain people to have as much of an influence on you as they want necessarily because mm-hmm. there are bad influences and no matter how hard you try, if you hang around them, you're going to start becoming a bad influence to other people, but there are exceptions. So like if there's an outer circle, then you may not have been affected by them really because you see them as an outer circle but they could see you as a role model mm-hmm. and that completely creates just a line straight to the inner circle yep. and it allows them to be like, Oh, he does this. I'm going to do that too. Oh, she does this. She does this with her makeup. I'll, I'll put my makeup on that way yeah, too. You become that role model. Exactly. Huh? And I feel like there's another aspect to the, to the whole circle model that of like being a leader adds another line to be to see straight into that inner circle mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. that men- mentee relationship mentor mentee mm-hmm. relationship starts yeah. to build there which yeah. is really powerful um okay well we've got to wrap it up because i think <laughs> jude says we've been talking for an hour it doesn't feel like it at all but it, he says an hour and so i'm going to trust him so we're going to wrap it up so i want i want everybody who's listening if you would please do me a favor if you've enjoyed this podcast please 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 let us know and one of the ways you can do that is you can actually leave a review for this podcast and, and let us know what your thoughts were. And I would just love it so much. You know, here's my mama heart. If you would encourage my son in any way with any of the wisdom that he's given, I'm so very proud of him. Um, but if you have any encouragement for the things that he shared, please let us know either by review, email us or whatever you want to do. Come over and give us some love um, on Facebook or Instagram. So anyway, thank you so much for joining us today, Jude. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for taking the time with your mama. I know it was very last minute and here we are like an hour later. You had things to do, but I just really appreciate it. And I look forward to a part two. Mm-hmm. There definitely be one. Awesome. I truly hope you enjoyed our episode today on the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. Make sure to hit follow and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You're not going to want to miss a thing. I promise. If you were impacted by this episode, do me a favor and leave a review with a comment. I read every one of them and I also pass them along to our guests. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with friends. You can catch the show notes for this episode and any mentioned links at powerfulparenting.com forward slash podcast. If you want to see more behind the scenes with me and my guests, be sure to find me on Instagram or Facebook. It's where we can have deeper conversations on these podcasts. Take care. And remember, it's not about being a perfect parent. It's about taking each day and working on showing up powerfully for our kids. They deserve it. And you are the parent for the job. See you on the next episode.